Our Lord said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew chapter 6. And when you look at the passage in verses 19 through 21, the Lord spoke of the possibility of leaving rust as a witness. If we emphasize stuff, if we emphasize things, if all we're about is the next acquisition, rust is the witness that we leave when we, when we die. Think about that. And think about the fact that the Lord lived simply. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 20, he says something that's just astounding. He's the king of glory. He is of unlimited power. And yet the Lord says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Aren't we blessed? And shouldn't that constantly be echoed in our words and actions as God's people? We really are blessed. I want to talk with you about a couple of words by way of introduction. Perhaps they're both familiar to you. The first word is portfolio. Portfolio. It's a financial term, a money term. And sometimes when you're talking with a financial planner, they are helping you with your portfolio. And what it has to do with is your assets. What you have in terms of stock. What you have in terms of minerals, property, uh, money, and various accounts. And what these planners do is to help you have a strong portfolio in facing the future. Especially retirement. It's important to take care of the blessings that God has given us and to use them as good stewards. But the word portfolio can be used in a far more important way. More about that in just a second. The second word, indelible. Indelible. Uh, just a few days back, Cherie and I were in Florida, and we were able to walk the beach, and there were not many people there, but you could see sandcastles that had been constructed. You could see hearts that were made with so-and-so love so-and-so. But we went to that same beach a day or so later, and the sandcastles are gone, the hearts with those two names of people who loved each other, no longer there. Far from indelible, the water as the tide would come in would take away those castles and those displays of love for each other. Indelible means hard to remove. Not easy to erase. There is such a thing as an indelible 
portfolio. I want to put those words together. An indelible portfolio. A portfolio, a listing of assets that cannot be removed, that cannot easily be erased by time or the elements. The portfolio I'm talking about is a life portfolio. It is your most important portfolio, your life portfolio. It is what will go through the minds of people who loved you, were in your family, were friends, what will go through their minds for a long, long time after you are gone. And what do you want to go through their minds about you long, long after you're gone? That's what the study is about tonight, and it's really a good follow-up to our study this morning. And while I said the lesson this morning applied really well to everybody, but especially for younger people with families, well, tonight's lesson applies well to everybody too, but it applies especially well to those of us who are growing older and who may have some gray in their hair or a lack of follicles up where they used to have hairs. All right? So what I'd like for us to do is look at, at four barriers to having a lasting legacy. A four, four barriers that are very common that keep people from having the kind of legacy that they want. Barrier number one, an unprioritized life. An unprioritized life. Or even worse, a wrongly prioritized life. An unprioritized or a wrongly prioritized life. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you and his righteousness, remember? The great command is to love God and to love neighbor. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. We ought to be people who are vitally interested in God's ways and in the ways of His people, the church. Acts 20 and verse 28. He shed His blood for the church. We should love the church for which He shed His blood. Unprioritized life a wrongly prioritized life, just kind of setting things a little bit in order. If we're going to look at a rightly prioritized life, our personal relationship with God should be right at the top. Amen? It can't be somewhere down the top ten list, but our personal relationship with God, if we want to leave an indelible portfolio, an indelible legacy to the generations that follow us. But secondly, a commitment to a great marriage. Don't you think that that's a priority? Wrong priorities are a failure to prioritize. Think about this one. Number three, your family 
the spouse that we have is someone that we are to walk together with all the way home to the Lord. But our family, our children, they're ours for a while so that they can be God's forever. They are a gift from God, Psalm 127 and verse 3. They're a sacred trust committed to our care. And one day, one day, I'll guarantee you this is going to happen. The Lord is going to say, How did you do with the precious souls I committed to your care? Our personal relationship with God, our marriage, being God-centered and God-focused, our family and the type of influence and example we have before them, the local church. Many people need to give far greater priority to the local church. Wrong priorities are unprioritized. If I could say things to younger people who've now grown old, one of the things I'd like to do is if I could somehow transport myself back is say, talk about your relationship with God more and emphasize it. Think about your marriage more and your family more and think about the local church and its present and future more. Your job and career, if you're following in the list, this is about number five. And there's always a tendency to be driven by career and job. Your recreation. Your recreation. Think about these things. Priorities. But let me share with you the other three quickly. An undisciplined life. A, an ability to talk but not really follow through. Good intentions. But a lack of discipline and really having our life in a position to leave a greater impact for good. Third... Here's another barrier. This barrier is a lot of people are shackled, a shackled life, an enchained life, a handcuffed life. They're handcuffed by the past. They're handcuffed by baggage. They're handcuffed by uh, particular events that just overwhelm them even now. They're handcuffed by a life loss, perhaps. I don't want a lack of a priority, a wrong priorities, or a lack of discipline, or being shackled by things to keep me from having the best impact I can for God in my family. Do you? Fourth, in talking about barriers here, a limited life. And I really think this is a good one to talk about. Just a little bit. A limited life. A lack of vision. A lack of really trusting in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or what? 
think according to His power that works in us. Some of us have limited ourselves when we could have just looked to God and faith and say, I'm going to take that step and owe the blessing that might have occurred. Those are the barriers. But I want to share with you seven ways, seven ways to leave an indelible portfolio, a lasting legacy. Seven ways. It's been something that I've thought a lot about, especially over the years as I've grown older. I turned 60 a little bit later this year. I know I look far younger, but hey, that's, that's a blessing, or far older. But anyway, here's seven ways to leave a legacy that's not easily erased. Number one, know God deeply and, rich and richly. Know God deeply and richly yourself. It is eternal life to know God and the one that He has sent, even Christ. John 17, verse 3. Do you know God deeply and richly? Paul would want to, he'd say this, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. Well, didn't he already? But he wasn't satisfied. He wanted to know more about God. He wanted to know God deeply and richly. One of the classes at Bear Valley that I get to teach every year is the Godhead, the Trinity. And every year I get really excited about it because for one week all we do is talk about God. They have no other classes that week. All we do is think about God and how great He is and how we can know Him more deeply and richly. It's fascinating. People who want to leave a legacy that's indelible know God deeply and richly. Secondly... People who know God deeply and richly, who want to leave this kind of legacy, secondly, they constantly crave to be more godly. They constantly crave to be more godly. Whether you're 30, a teenager, 50, 60, or well past retirement age, do you still crave to be more godly. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 7, exercise yourself to godliness. Godliness with contentment's great gain, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. Follow after, pursue godliness, 1 Timothy 6, 11. If to see Jesus was to see the Father... To see a Christian should be to see Christ and godliness. Do we crave godliness? Third, manage your family in view of eternity. Think of your marriage in view of 
of eternity. I know that marriage is a till death us do part type of thing. Don't misunderstand me. But think about your marriage and your family in view of eternity. Are we helping to get our spouse home? Are we helping to get our family home? Cody, which one of your kids do you want to leave stranded on second base? Which of your family is it acceptable to lose? When we stop and think about our family that way and our marriage, getting our spouse home and getting our family home becomes much more precious, doesn't it? As the years go by, this means more and more, doesn't it? Three down. Number four. It's interesting. Let me go back for that. I've got to add this. For those who would serve as elders and for those who would serve as deacons in the church, one of the qualifications, in any way you look at it, it can't be, it can't be slighted. It's there. These are men who, would, if they would serve in the capacity of elder or deacon, they do something with their families. They manage their families how? Well. They're thinking about God and His glory and the preciousness of each one's souls. Now, know God deeply and well. Crave godliness with a passion. Be deeply committed to your marriage and to your family. Number four, invest in your grandkids wisely. Proverbs 13.22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. We're not just talking about 529 so that they can go to college. That's a good thing though. What we're talking about is, are you a person who knows God deeply and richly and they can see that in you? That you're a person who craves godliness and they see that in you. That you are a person who's been committed to your marriage and to your family and your grandkids start to see that in you. And you're the type of person who wants to live as God's friend in every area of your life and they start to see that in you. I want to be that type of person. And I think that you do too. Number five, if you want to leave an indelible legacy, invest more time in prayer. Invest more time in prayer. And it's a quality and quantity type of thing. By spending time in prayer, by making the time investment, you can learn more about quality time in prayer. 
Look at Romans 12 and verse 12. Romans 12 and verse 12. It speaks about being constant in prayer, being devoted to prayer. You're patient in tribulation. You're constant in prayer. It's something that struck me more and more in recent times. A number of months ago, a fellow preacher's wife was diagnosed with cancer. We had gone to Fried Hardeman together years ago. And I sent him a note and I said, I will pray for you and for your wife every day. And I did. She passed away toward the end of last year. But I don't have any doubt that she went to be with Jesus. That brother has remarked on more than one occasion how much it meant to him to know that people were praying for him and I was just a representative of many, many. One of the students at Bear Valley right now, and I've not mentioned this to you, is from Wuhan, China. Does that ring a bell? It's where the coronavirus has really spread from. And the town and the countries shut down in many ways. And he's concerned about his parents and his family and his friends. And I sent him a text a couple of weeks ago and I just said, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And he wrote me back and he said, Brother Mike, you don't know how much that means. And I'm just a representative of one of many that I know are praying for my friend Liu and for his family and his parents back in Wuhan. For those of you that have prayed similar prayers and then people have come up and let you know how much it helped them, it's an investment that's well worth making, isn't it? Sometimes our prayers are not answered the way that we might have hoped. But if we go to God praying that His will be done, we can improve on that, can we? And we learn to trust more ourselves. I look in faces right now that I'm, I'm talking to as I'm delivering God's message. And I think of prayers that we have prayed over many, many things through the years. And you can't help but be amazed at how God has responded. Pray for others and cherish the time to be able to take others to the throne of God's grace. Praying is a marvelous thing, but interceding for somebody else, I think, is even more marvelous. You're not going on behalf of yourself, you're going on their behalf. Next. What number was that? Five. Number six. Invest 
in generation next. Invest heavily in generation next. 2 Timothy 2.2 Take the faithful word and commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Invest heavily in generation next. When I have a chance to talk to young people, I get energized. When I have an opportunity to speak to younger people, I got to tell you, I light up. Your energy and your enthusiasm and your potential and your ability is so great. Invest heavily in Generation Next. It may well be one of your greatest areas of emphasis in your life portfolio. Because who knows what they can accomplish in their lifetimes. Because you invested in them time, prayer, money, resources, and yourself. And yourself. I had a balloon fight with three grandkids yesterday. I can barely move right now. But I had a great time. Hitting each other with balloons. Big time. Invest in generation next. Number seven. And this has become increasingly dear to my heart. Leave money for the future. Leave money for the future. Our portfolio, if we have a life portfolio, we need to be thoughtful about what happens when we are gone. And many of us understand that, and rightly so, with our families and want to make sure that they are provided for. But how about the spiritual family? And I was, as I was thinking about this and meditating on this principle, wouldn't it be great, and I've known this to happen a few times here at Westside, that somebody left the church in their will because they wanted to make sure good mission work continued to be, to be done long after they were gone. What a marvelous thought in preparing for the future. Some of us have families. Yes, we love them and we care for them very much, but we have to acknowledge they may not be as interested in an eternal perspective as we are. Provide for them as is necessary, but isn't it better to leave our money to some things that will continue work that needs to be done to God's glory and not just help our kids buy new cars, fancier computers, and big houses? And some of us will have to talk to God about that when we leave.
So this lesson is just, a, it's basic, it's fundamental, and it's many ponderings of me as I'm not as young as I was, admittedly. But I've tried to base these in Scripture. I want to know that men will continue to be trained to preach the gospel long after I'm gone, don't you? I want to know that mission work will continue to be done in places, Tim, where we've done mission work for 20 years and that people will still get to hear the gospel and that they'll be strengthened in the faith long after we're gone. And I want to make sure that we have leaders in our congregations that won't be uh, just careless or flippant in years to come about the works that have been supported a long time. What kind of legacy are you and I leaving? Let's leave one that leaves a lasting impression for good. Because every way a person looks at it, you're about helping people get home to God. Thank you. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. If there's someone here who's not a Christian, one comes to Christ through faith, repentance, and baptism. At that time, God in His love and grace saves one by the blood of Jesus. When one repents after believing and after their baptism... They are added to the church of our dear Lord. For those of us who are Christians, let's think more about whether we're building sandcastles that the tide will take out or if we're building something on the foundation of Jesus and it'll last. Let us stand and